Welcome back to the Deeper Dive podcast produced locally in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. here at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in La Plata, Maryland. My name is Bill Winnell, once again joined by Father Scott Woods. Hello, Bill. Father Jack Berard. Hey, Bill. And three discerners, we'll call them. Uh, Gabe Walter and Craig. No, I was going to forget that. Um, today we're going to talk about um, kind of uh, how to stay Catholic in college. Um, we got, um, as I said, uh, some young men here who are uh, from uh, not only Catholic schools, but also uh, secular schools, and uh, a little program that Father Scott runs here. Um, so, Father Scott, why don't you tell us? Yeah, some years ago, uh, uh, some guys who were discerning uh, the priesthood came to me and said, hey, Father, can we work for the parish for the summer as we uh, prepare to potentially enter the seminary? And I said, okay, I've never thought of that before, but sure, let's do that. And uh Ever after, uh, whether because parents sent them or a different priest who saw uh, within a particular young men a potentiality for, for a vocation of the priesthood, would say, hey, can they work for you for the summer? And, and eventually, guys said, oh, we have a long winter break. Can I work for you the winter? And, and I fundraised for it separately from the uh, parish budget. because, uh, and, uh, and God always provides the money to uh, give them a job, and they do the things uh, uh, following around uh, the different the priest and helping out with masses, doing holy hours, praying the liturgy of the hours, uh, striving to live like a in a way like a parish priest, coming on sick calls, uh, hospital visits, uh, helping to bury the dead and, and to uh, ch- uh, teach children and the school if it's open or CCD or summer program, uh, working with the youth group. Uh, basically, the things that a priest would do, everything that, uh, that they can, they you know, can't be in the confessional box, but, you know. Huh. Um, and it's, it's been a very fruitful program. A number of young men through it, have to, it's helped them in a profound way to uh, discern a vocation of the priesthood. So. Washing Father Jack's car, of course. Yeah, of well. Course. <laughs> that's right. so, other, other duties as a sign. <laughs> that's right. So the fruits from this, I'm sure you've seen many. Many, many fruits. Such as, let's talk, I mean, you know, I'm not talking about exact numbers here, but obviously, you know, a call, a call to the priesthood. Um, yeah, I would say over the last 10 years, um, I think there have been about about 15 vocations that have gone in, uh, for, uh, some for the di- our diocese, some for others, some for religious life. Some wow. some have uh, discerned out, of course, and now holy marriages are preparing for them, uh, while others are, are now... Uh, uh, Preparing for the in their final years, preparing for the priesthood. So, other than the duties we discussed, what's a what's a normal part of their day? Obviously, there's a spiritual aspect to this as well. Correct. Uh, they usually get here uh, early in the morning, about seven a.m., and we do a holy hour in the office of readings and morning prayer, which is the prayers that the priests and religious and, and many laity around the world pray. It's the highest form of prayer after the mass itself. It's a liturgy. And, uh, and uh, have time of, of really silent, contemplative prayer, listening to the voice of the Lord speak. And uh, then they'll go and help out, whether sometimes with the convent mass uh, over in our monastery, Mount Carmel, or uh, with the parish mass at 12 noon. Um, in between, they're uh, usually doing various duties, either with Father Jack or myself on sick calls or hospital visits again, or, or helping out the parish staff members with uh, different projects, or even just simply going to get the mail or moving stuff around the parish. So it's a variety of, of things, both here as well as at times for other priests uh, who might say, hey, my parish could use some help here or there, or at the monastery, like tomorrow. And then we're going to go over and help the sisters out, so they'll, they'll get to 
go behind the walls and help uh, help with some of the larger projects the sisters can't do for themselves. So. Which is ridiculous because I've been here for a year and a half and I haven't gotten behind the walls. <laughs> you're not you haven't been behind the walls yet. No, and I even mentioned it that, when I when I talked to them. They invited me in for an audience, which is uh, funny enough. And I said I want to get behind the walls, and they said, "Oh, I'll bring a bishop." <laughs> Like, just like that, too. And I was like, I'll, it turns out all I had to do was be willing to do manual labor. Well, you know, I was going to say, that's, you know, the key, you know what got me behind the walls? What's that? I delivered a treadmill. Ah. Oh, yeah, the one yeah. sister needed a treadmill, and she, yeah, so. Yeah. That's, well, that's there you that's go. fine. It's fine. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Craig. That's Greg. Greg. Yes. Oh, I keep saying that. Um, first of all, Tell us your story. Where you, where do you go to school? How you got hooked up with Father Scott, and why, and why you're here? Um, yeah. Um, so I um, am from from the area of St. Mary's County, um, and met Father Scott at uh, Riken through spiritual direction, um, and I've known him for a good amount of years. And this is the first year that I've been able to work with him. Um, and now I'm at Ave Maria University in my senior year. What do you study? Uh, theology. What attracted you to this program, so to speak? Father Scott's program. Father Scott's program. Sorry, yeah. Um, I mean, to to be honest, I really had had no attraction, but um, Father <laughs> there was nothing. Yeah. There was no yeah. other jobs available, right? No. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, a tough job market. Yeah. yeah. Father Scott was just asked me if Jim I wanted. McDonald's to. is paying fifteen bucks an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's craziness. Um, but yeah, Father Scott asked me, and I was. Really, I guess I had no other offer. Um, I was like, sure, I'll definitely come and work. And, um, you know, had no intention of really thinking about the priesthood. Um, but here I am now. Um, so, Walter? Uh, my name is Walter. Uh, I'm a sophomore at Rochester Institute of Technology up in New York. Uh, I was introduced to Father Scott through my brother Ryan, who had been a long time helper like a perennial helper i guess like i think he had done it for three years Something or two like years that. yeah and he was like why don't you go work for father scott and father scott asked and now he's at sacred heart which is my home parish so there's really no reason not to help uh i guess i'm discerning but i'm my major is uh computer engineering and this program is more i guess to help me with just spiritual life in general like I first picked up uh, the Office of Readings and Daily um, uh, Liturgy of the Hours from this program. So it's more like, even if you're not really discerning priesthood, it definitely helps with spiritual life. And that's, I guess, that's what I gain out of it. So I was going to say, Father, you, it's, it's uh, to be clear, uh, all the guys here, some may not be discerning at all. This is to the bigger point of the of the topic of preparing you to stay Catholic in college. Correct. Yeah. The uh, I, I I always try to just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I really feel the Lord puts certain guys in my heart just to offer. Sometimes I've been like, not that guy. <laughs> you know, I don't see him being open to priesthood. And the Lord says it's not always about priesthood. It's it's it, at, at its core, it's encountering the Lord. It's making space for them to encounter the Lord in the liturgy of the hours and the mass and. A, and in the brotherhood and the fraternity that they developed with each other. And then from that, some who wouldn't have even expected it, I think like Craig, would start to really start to experience much more the a potential call to the priesthood and then discern that more deeply. 
Uh, well, a number of guys go, this was great. I loved it. Now I know the priest is doing better, and, and, I, and I'm maybe feeling even more called to marriage. And, and this has helped me to discern that, to be able to close maybe one door and for the most part. And, and others have come and said that. And then, and then, like, one guy, he's only a couple of years from the priesthood now because he discerned the time. He's like, yeah, yeah, that was good, but I, I don't see myself. And then a couple of years later, uh, entered, entered the seminary, and, uh, and he said, it, but that had pre- played a profound part in his openness. So when the Lord finally did call, there was much more of an open heart. And so, uh, so the majority of the guys, of course, don't discern to the seminary, that which is perfectly fine. I just want the Lord's will. Um, but they, they, I definitely have seen growth in the relationship with the Lord. Siren. Um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. We'll get. We'll, yeah, go we ahead. forgot to get Gabe. Yeah, I, I was going to say we got to introduce. Uh, you might be able to just see it without yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. So my name's Gabe. I'm a student at the University of Maryland, uh, College Park. Go Terps. Go Terps. I'm just so upset that uh, Coach Turgeon yeah. actually got fired recently. Yeah. That's tragic. Yep. Especially because I was part of the Turgeonites. Oh, oh, where are you? So yeah. there's like a group of a Catholic, you, stu- Catholic you students your, uh, that dress up as suits. Up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, they do the entire thing. So yeah. they dress up in suits, red ties. They dress exactly like Mark Turgeon during the home games. And they try to sit like as close as they can to him. And... They just dance with the cheerleaders. They uh, they put a baby powder in the hair to resemble Mark Turgeon and his his spot, and so it's really sad that he had to leave. But so, yeah, um, so are you involved in the student center, the Catholic uh, the Catholic Terps? Yes, I am. I feel like that's the. Only it took thing. me four years to figure out there was actually a Catholic <laughs> presence. <laughs> University of Maryland, <laughs> sadly. So well, it's not, a long time ago, though. It's not next to Cornerstone, so I how know, would you know? It, <laughs> <laughs> it was closer to the VU, I would have seen it. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you, what are you majoring? Uh, mechanical engineering. Oh, okay. There's slouches in the group. Jeez, Father. <laughs> Nobody on my side of the campus, which was... <clears throat> the liberal arts? The liberal, yeah, exactly. So. Me too. That's political science. Okay. Um, so, why... So, is there anything else like this going on in the, in the diocese? Father in the world, to your knowledge, <laughs> not to my knowledge. I, okay. I have not heard of anything like it. It's it's it's. Uh, but it'd be wonderful if there were more priests and and religious doing this because I think it's that exposure that that especially helps helps uh, the guys discern. Well, you got nothing. You're just here for the coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. Know. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I don't know what I'm here for. <laughs> so, all right. So, as a this parochial is, vicar, uh, well, well, Father, you were a focus mission. I was. I was. <laughs> when we get into the how to keep kids Catholic in college, that I have something to say about. But right. for well, Father well, Scott's program, I wasn't privileged to be an intern for Father Scott, uh, <laughs> except for these last six months, in which he—that's how he's treated me as well. Uh, <laughs> no, okay, kidding. Um, no, yeah, yeah. So, well, let, let's 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 transition that way anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing is, I'm actually kind of excited for this topic because, um, yeah, two for my two years between college and entering seminary, I was a focus missionary, served up at. Uh, so, focus is one of the largest. It's actually the largest Catholic uh, apostolates to universities and fastest growing as well. It's, um, yeah, produced some 500, I think, vocations to seminaries over the last 20 years and another 200 maybe to religious life 
um, Women to Religious Life. Um, and it's just done kind of amazing work, um, both for, I know for me, um, but just throughout the, the U.S. It's, I always kind of laugh. There's like, like certain cards you can throw around like in the Catholic world that like gets you some credence and like saying I was a focus missionary. I, I mean, you can get like important people to be like, Oh, Oh really? You were, you were in focus. Except for, except for when I say it, <laughs> because, because it, like if, if it's the first thing I said, then there's expectations. But if it's like the fifth thing I said that like, you were a focus missionary, huh? And I'm like, <laughs> not offensive. Don't worry. Um, but, but I joke cause my, okay, this is not, we're not turning to me, but, but my little sister was a focus missionary as well, Faith, and uh, and she listens, and so she's gonna be at embarrassed. What at what school? She w- served up at Boston U. Okay. Um, she went to the Mount for undergrad, and then went to, uh, to Boston U. But like, so I got. I think she entered. If I remember, she went to focus a year after I got ordained a priest. And so like, I'd I'd meet all these people, and I'd be like, "Oh, I'm Father Jack Burr," and they'd be like, "Oh." your faith soldier brother, she's doing great work with focus. I hear. And I'm just like, you know, I did it. Like I did the same thing 10 years ago. Like I got her, like, what do you want from me? Like, anyway, it's not a competition, but it is. And then you told him you went to the knack. Then I went to the knack. Cause tell it's, him you did. it's, it's the Harvard of seminaries. Gotcha. So, um, <laughs> so they tell me, seminaries. Uh, no, but no. And so, so I think, it, and then of course, father Scott, you know, before he got here was, uh, was the chaplain at, St. Mary's College in Southern Maryland for 13 years, amongst his other eight hats um, <laughs> that he had to balance. But, um, and so I think it's like, and I, I think it's we're kind of coming into the Christmas break. I think a lot of it's good not only for, you know, maybe the first, especially first year uh, students who are, or even sophomores who didn't spend their first year on campus uh, or maybe adjusting to a more normal life on campus kind of experiencing, but also parents who are having kids having their children come back from school for like the first extended time and kind of finding out like oh wait <laughs> maybe maybe my little Johnny Mary Sue uh wasn't isn't quite the same person she was he was when when they left and so it's kind of a good good way to kind of good time to discuss this this topic you know um about how to help help kids and you know recognizing that there's a lot of decisions being made in the next month or two for a lot of high school seniors in terms of where they're going. So, so for the parents, before you get that, for the parents that are listening, Father Scott, um, other than the obvious, uh, any advice on when, when choosing colleges for your, yeah, to really prioritize, uh, this is one of the great things we have where I was chaplain at St. Mary's Reichen high school was that we had a really strong program emphasizing, uh, having them visit Catholic colleges that are that are really strong in the in its faith aspect in terms of really putting at this at the center our Lord and their and preserving their faith, but we also encourage them, hey, there are universities that might not, some of these might not be attractive to you, or you don't they don't have your major, and so yeah, University of Maryland, which has a, places where we knew they have strong good Catholic uh, uh, campus center, and that those have had just enormous enormous vocations. To holy marriage, as well as priesthood and religious life, come out of your Samaritan and a number of our other chaplaincies, and so just really that parents uh, really look at those as the priority because their their kids, so many are going to come out and often do majors that had nothing to do with or often have a career in something that was very different perhaps than their major, uh, but they're going to be largely shaped by what happened over those four years or longer. And uh, just to make sure they end up in a place where there's a, an environment and a, 
and a community. And that's what we really found at uh, Riken that so many kids, uh, they lost their faith within the first semester. They abandoned the faith, even some very faithful ones who were very active in youth groups because there was no community. And But the ones who went in to a place where they got hooked into campus ministry, like I used to have parents that would bring their kids to meet me and say, what are you offering? <laughs> you know, the preserve. And a number of our kids from our campus ministry at St. Mary's College uh, of Maryland, which is a public uh, honors college, a number of our kids, they discovered their faith, really, and the personal relationship with the Lord and the love of the sacraments in college. And that was because of the community, this, even though it's very small, but the very significant uh, community there. So, Father Jack, we don't need to talk about the numbers. We know they're abysmal, I, I, the, you know, the incredibly high percentages of Mm-hmm. Um, Catholics who go away to school and and, yeah. and are gone immediately almost. Oh yeah. Um, let's talk why. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's kind of a dangerous thing to talk why because I think people um, th- there's so many reasons. I think um, you know I think we can kind of talk you know huge picture. Uh, we could say that, well, the fact that the university has lost its sense of what a university is meant to be, right? It's, um, you know, it, I mean, not to not to pick on the University of Maryland, but, you know, all the other big uh, public schools do the same thing where they, they portray themselves in terms of how they're going to help you right after college get a job, right? Uh, you know, 85% of our, percent of our graduates get a degree right afterwards, right? There's no talk of formation of the human person, right? So I think like why are people leaving? I think it's a it's a lot of things, and each obviously each person is different. But I think you've got a number of things. You got one, you have um, people are exposed to things that they hadn't been able to. Right? There's a new uh, liberality, not not real freedom, but liberality in terms of drug, sex, and alcohol, uh, pornography, um, all of it. Um, I think you have two. You have um, a bit of wandering that um, that kind of can breed some sloth, right? And um, you know, I think I think in like five or ten years, like that that won't be quite the same problem because you know we're seeing that earlier and earlier, and, and people's foundations are less. But um, you know, you kind of have this. Um, well, nobody's forcing me to go to church on Sunday, so I'm not because <laughs> I because I can not go. Uh, for the first time in my 18 years of existence. Uh, I can't tell you how many times um, I was surprised, how many times I heard when I was in focus, listen, I did my 12 years of Catholic. Stop. Like, and they made, they made Catholic school. They graduated. They graduated. They got, graduated Catholic school. Yeah, yeah. And um, and that, that, I think, is the the preparation failure that Catholic schools sometimes fall into, is that they're not really doing the faith. They are doing... Excellence, well, right? We do the we have the best scores around, and you know we'll you know we have the discipline, but um, but the faith is just the teacher was mean, right? Uh, and and those kind of things, and and when we did church and it was boring, um, so, um, and then I think I think there is just an it's it's an act of, um, of kind of immature rebellion, I hate to say it that way, but because um. But I think there is a fair amount where people, where you have a lot of students who are just like, man, I just, I don't want to do it because my parents did it, and I need to find me, which I, I don't know what that means. I've, I've, I'm not an idiot, but I have no idea what that means. Um, <laughs> and it's so I think yeah, to try and say like why, it's it's a lot. It's it's a lot of things. It's, 
um, we break out of a shelter a bit and um, it's the first first attack and um, and there's no as, as Father Scott you know mentioned if there's no community helping you out and, and pushing you towards virtue um, <laughs> you're really easy pickings to fall away um, and yeah, I it just seems like you've got a huge stumbling block in, in um, and then, you know, all my kids are in their twenties now. So, but you're, you're trying to convince three, uh, seemingly perfectly normal guys to, to give up their winter break and possibly summer working for you. You know, when the pressure is, you know, what, you're not doing an internship somewhere or, you know, with the eyes to the, you know, things like that. Is that, has that been a, Definitely. <clears throat> I mean, uh, especially for some, because the family members are, are very much career oriented yeah. and, and advancement. And um, especially with, uh, in our area, engineering is very big, like, like uh, Gabriel here. And, and, <laughs> and one way to guarantee a really good job is to do an in- internship, especially over a number of years with a couple. And I think this was Ryan, you know, you, uh, not Ryan, but, but other people have known that they, they go right into that company with a really good salary. And so there's a lot of pressure uh, often that if it's possible, that's what you do. And, and I, and, but I've been amazed at uh, how the Lord just, uh, if their their hearts are a little bit open, a little crack. I remember one guy who eventually went to the University of Notre Dame, and and he he gave up a big internship uh, to the shock and heart of his parents uh, because he he took seriously. I need to discern. I need to grow in holiness, and I need to discern my vocation uh, to really be happy and satisfied. But it's definitely a temptation. Yeah, I, and I think that that's got to be one of the hardest things to try and convey. Um, maybe even less so to to a man, you know, a young man who kind of comes to you, Father. But, um, but you know, even to their parents to be like, wait, why should he give this up? This this is a good thing, right? Like it's good to make money. It's good to be able to provide. You know, and this is the rest of his life. This is just a summer with, you know, where he's... Yeah, we're not even talking about the priesthood yet. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, and talking. he probably doesn't have a yeah. vocation. Right. But even if he does, like, he can find that later, right? Like, I think I think part of um, part of trying to convey this is that um, things things like a program like this, right, where, um, you know, whether it's your internship or, or the good things that are done, you know, kind of by campus ministry groups is that you know, part of the reason for the the community and fraternity aspect of it is that a lot of good that comes out of that and the formation, uh, moral formation that comes from it, um, in addition to it. I mean, I mean, I'll speak from my own experiences. Like, I remember, you know, the the most profound things that I remember from my time in Focus have, have a lot less to do with the things I learned in the classroom and the training, which were literally top notch. I mean, I mean, if you my all my teachers were like the people on Augustine Institute and like Peter Kreeft and you know all the all these people. I mean, like I had like formation that only like a seminary could even come close to. Um, and the most important stuff I remember are the the like whatever din- the team dinners that I had with with my teammates who were able to like call me out on things, you know, because like like and that's where I think we, when we talk about uh, community and fraternity, it's it's not. It's because that's where a lot of good stuff occurs. Definitely, definitely. Um, I don't know if you guys have kind of experiences from from your own time at, at you know in college of of like just having this uh, this nice this like growing in faith kind of more organically or naturally than than the classroom. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
This is Greg speaking. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, I think exactly what uh, Father Jack and Father Scott were saying, uh, community is such a big um, aspect to growing in holiness and growing in virtue. And I like I look back on just the many people the Lord has gifted me with in my life and, you know, my core group of guys that, you know, hold me accountable that um, I've met right after high school at St. John's Summer Program. Um, and now a lot of them are at Ave with me. They've kind of been my rock in the sense of helping me to pursue holiness um, and virtue. And I, I can't I can't imagine not having having that group and trying to live the faith. Um, it's just such a such a vital thing. Um, and yeah, it, it's just been such a blessing to, to have a core group of guys that just love you and want to uh, help you pursue what is uh, truly good and holy. Gabe, you want to talk about, and, and for that matter, Walter, too, uh, being in a secular, secular university. Uh, so I got really lucky. I was choosing between uh, two colleges. It was Rose Holman in Indiana and RIT in New York. And I looked on the site. I was like, RIT is a Newman Center, so of course I'll go to RIT. And when I got there, I was surprised because they have two masses every Sunday, and there are like 50 kids there for each mass. It's like, I was expecting it. My brother had a bad experience at uh, oh yeah, yeah sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was it's like a lot of kids. They do activities during the week, and it's like kind of an extension of youth group or like the young adult group that I would go to around here, and it's like kind of never left. And I just continue the sacraments, confession. I got really lucky. They got a lot of priests who like go there from surrounding parishes. Uh, I'm like, and of course, I asked Father for some tips on how to uh, stay holy and practice my faith, like through uh, the breviary and uh, like kind of. I asked Father how to uh, make my own kind of shrine with a cross and some some. Uh, saints that are important to me and I think that's like kind of just finding your own uh your like what's important to you in the faith and like what uh kind of keeps you drawn in and like what saints like find a saint that's important and like just like find some spiritual reading that interests you and pick a good college because that's <laughs> I got super lucky because I was searching for colleges during COVID and can really do the uh, like the tours and stuff, and I'm happy with how lucky I was. Okay. Yeah, fortunately, I was extremely lucky as well. So, uh, fortunately, I was very lucky as well. Um, University of Maryland is. I, it was a lot more Catholic than I thought it was. The Newman Center there is phenomenal. There's so many different programs to to be a part of. Of course, there's like the, the like Knights of Columbus. There's uh, Fight Club, which is a group of guys that come together like once a week, and they talk about the problems that they have with masturbation and pornography. And like, like I said, this is a weekly thing, and they're supposed to have account daily accountability actions or partners. So talk to your a partner about. If you fail that day, like if you were struggling that day, 
how was your prayer life that day? So all these great things from these different groups. Um, there's different events going on, like the Wednesday night dinners. Those are a huge thing at University of Maryland that I did not expect myself to get into. So every Wednesday, they have a dinner provided by a local church, uh, like some sisters, or just some people that want to help the Catholic community at University of Maryland. And so they make dinner at Wednesday, on Wednesday, and hundreds of students, not even Catholic, but just hundreds of students from the campus show up, and we just talk to them. We try to get the more Catholic, more, pe- more people farther advanced in their faith to talk to those that are new and never met anyone. That way we can evangelize the best we can. And like as Father Jack was saying, focus helps mm-hmm. incredibly with that, like with Bible studies. Um, so I was very, very fortunate with, cho- with picking University of Maryland. And I think, I think if for, especially for, you know, kind of high schoolers or, or parents who are kind of looking at this, if you're looking for, I mean, the, the Catholic schools, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a list for sure. Um, but also one, there's a good resource called the Newman Guide. Um, that is, um, you know, looks at both Newman centers at secular universities, right, named after uh, St. John Henry Newman, um, but also um, the the Catholicity of both the campus ministry at a Catholic school, but also, like, say, like, their theology and philosophy departments. So, um, because there are schools that, um, <clears throat> that, including Catholic schools, that I would never tell anyone to study theology at, but, um, but, like they actually have pretty good campus ministry programs, you know. It's it's a pretty Catholic place to go to school, um, and vice versa, you know. Where um, there, I know of at least one school where the theology department is actually pretty well known and pretty good, um, but maybe just go to the local parish, you know, <laughs> rather than. Um, so I think we can, you know, you can, you'd be surprised, like if if you can really, um, you know, because because I'm looking, I remember back in my time at Temple. And, uh, and when, well, when you were saying like, you know, it's not, a, you know, it's 50 people at mass on, on Sunday, which is about what we had at temple, which was insane because temple was, a, temple was the size of the university of Maryland, a little bit bigger, I think. And half of the campus was at least nominally Catholic. So we're talking 15, 20,000 Catholics on campus and 150 at the Newman center for, for weekly mass. All right. And, uh, and the chaplain came in, and, and he, uh, he, you know him because he helped with uh, St. Antonio's wedding, Father Sean Mahoney. Uh, and when he came in, he, uh, I remember when I walked in first, or the first year, went to their, like, Thanksgiving dinner, and they invite all these people, and, and it, like, filled this one room. It's, it looked like a pretty good event, maybe maybe 80 people, and that was, like, awesome. And I went back um, maybe right before I got ordained, so, like, eight years later, and he filled the whole building <laughs> with people. He had like 400 people. Um, and and it was like all walks of life. It was amazing to see. Um, and in part, it was just, you know, it was patience. Um, but he said, you know, you got to just get a critical mass of people together and then slowly walk them along, you know. So like building up a campus ministry program has this. But on kind of a micro scale, that's what you also have to do. Like that's why focus works well is because – and what everyone kind of has as a common experience is that there's a small group of people who are all together for a singular purpose, namely to grow closer to the Lord. And then, you know, focus is well known for its Bible studies and rightly so, but the Bible study is, is a legitimate tool, um, 
along to have this greater goal of having someone encounter the Lord personally and do it within the community, right? Um, you know, if you know, you can come into a Bible study and and just talk facts about Scripture. I did that actually with a um, Protestant group my freshman year of college, and it was a lot of fun. And I remember having these like great debates about the Bible. Um, ironically, we did James, and I was the only Catholic in the group, so that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a lot of a lot of arguing. Um, but but the the reality is, a good Bible study has a, a fraternity behind it where you can lean on one another through through these struggles to be able to say, "Let me get a little bit closer to God, and I'm going to help you out in this process." Um, you know, we we want to be the 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 mega evangelist, but I think. Um, one of the things we can learn is that we each have this ability to do the work of evangelization through kind of smaller ways. Yeah, the, the Mother Teresa was the one who said, I don't play the numbers games. You know, I, I, I seek this one and then that one and then that one. But she really concentrated so much. And in in what I love with focus and so many of the others is, is just, and I've seen this with the college where I was chaplain, where students just in love, just loving their friends, wanted their friends to know the great love of Christ. Yeah. Um, but something I want to point out, Gabriel, too, that the uh, University of Maryland does that I, I don't know how many others do, is they have a whole housing program, that kind of an unofficial Catholic housing program. Maybe, Gabriel, you could talk a little bit about that because that's another awesome thing parents might look out for, whether at that university or others. Uh, that's really good. Yeah, so another thing I've, I was extremely lucky with was just my housing and my rooming. So, of course, my first year there, I was in the dorm rooms. I had a miserable time. Like, my, my roommate would come uh, in the middle of the night, like, at 1 in the morning, and he would just be, like, vomiting all over the ground just because he was out drinking at Cornerstone <laughs> with his friends. And uh, I was very, very fortunate that the second year or, like, a, a few weeks into the, the spring semester, I was asked by one of my, probably my only friend there at the Catholic Center at the time, if I wanted to live with him and three other Catholics at a house, like a house off campus. Mm. It's like 10 minutes away. But to my knowledge, or what I didn't know was that there is around four other houses exactly like this. And all of them are within 10 minutes away from this cam uh, from campus. So I usually bike to campus in order to get to my classes. But it was very fortunate because through this process, I was able to, I don't know, it's just that reliability and accountability that if I don't want to go to mass in the morning, one of my roommates will like knock on my door and he'll drag me to adoration at 7.30 in the morning or 8 in the morning if I don't have any classes going on that day. And then it's vice versa if I know that he's uh, – I haven't seen him go to mass recently or I haven't seen him pray as often as he should, then it's very easy for us to just say like, you should be praying more or you should like that accountability you talked about in focus. You shouldn't be doing this. You should be doing this instead. Mm -hmm. So that was very helpful. And, and just to know that there, yeah, there are a number in these houses. These are people own these houses. Uh, they really count like on the Catholic center to point out to them people who are who are on the right road, 
And so I think they even have names to the, the, the different houses. They have a whole tradition that's lasted for years and years and years. And, and, uh, and so there are things like that that you can look at, for, you know, maybe other universities might have. Some even have, which I think University of Maryland would like to one day build something. I was going to say, I, I know, like, University of Illinois has, a, I think, now two 300-person dorms for their Catholic Student Center. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, I think Texas A&M, a bunch of the Midwest colleges that are really, um, Texas A&M traditionally has the best Catholics, uh, the Newman Center uh, in the country, um, and is often considered more Catholic than many Catholic universities um, because of just how strong, I mean, like a couple thousand students involved, um, and, which is amazing in Texas. Um, but yeah, there's a lot, it's becoming a trend to have these Catholic dorms um, on campus because, yeah. Because it because it, ha- it fulfills a need both for the university and for the student, and probably is a more traditional understanding of what a university is um, than just a place to get a quick degree. I know another like great thing about these houses is the uh, is the parties that we're able to hold. <laughs> just because some college students, in order to reach out, we have just very secular parties. We'll have have alcohol we'll have these drinks but we'll never be in a rambunctious like we'll never get drunk we'll never get blacked out we're all having a good time we're still listening to music we're still dancing but we're doing it in a very catholic way like i said holding each other accountable but then at the same time we'll invite people that aren't catholic to these events and that's like how we evangelize to the people we evangelize by showing them that how Catholics can have fun. They can still, they can drink alcohol and it's, they're not going to go to hell for it. Um, so like just being able to do that is just a, a great blessing for us at least. Great. Now, it, and it's, it just seems, uh, I don't want to say it by because re- recent is uh, an arbitrary term, but it, I think a lot of, a lot of parents, don't even don't e- aren't even aware of the kind of the good things that are going on at a lot of the major secular universities. Even in our own, I mean, I, I, I can certainly talk about University of Maryland as we have UVA as well. Mm-hmm. You know, huge Catholic presence and, and Virginia Tech. Yeah, exactly. University of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, I just think so many parents are many of them are oblivious to that fact. You know, they, they're just looking at specific Catholic Catholic universities or smaller Catholic colleges. And not, you know, that, that there is uh, there is success that these programs are having. Yeah, and I and I think there is something to be said about you know, there is an analogy to be made. I think with with marriage is that um, the the trying to get your kid to go to uh, a Newman Center or go to a good Catholic university such as Ave Franciscan Christendom, all these other places, University of Mary, um, is. Is, is like marriage prep where, where that's pre-Cana, right? And it might do a little bit of good, but, but the work up into it, that remote preparation is, is so much more important because um, you can end up at University of Pittsburgh, right? Big Catholic or big secular university with like a, a, a good, uh, very solid Catholic program and, and leave with better formation. But you could go 45 minutes down the road to Franciscan University, which is supposed to be this like light shining on the hill. And there's a dark spot. You know, within the campus, you know, in terms of like, you don't have to be that kid. You know, you don't have to leave there Catholic, you know, and and I think we just need to, um, you know, I think that's something that um, when we're preparing our children for to to enter the real world is that the true formation 
of allowing of giving them the the freedom to choose well throughout throughout their lives so that they do not feel like this is just something that is imposed upon me and I have no uh, personal you know investment in it or grasp of it rather um, to truly be able to say no 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 this is <laughs> this is a, there is a freedom in this in this action and I want my child to choose well and and you know it's it's not easy and there's you know the, it can lead to heartbreak certainly I understand but um, I think we do need to kind of give a recognition to that as well that as good as these programs are they are not a substitute for for the for the the long work of of raising a child well in the faith definitely and 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 just that the parents are doing their homework ahead of time yeah. so that as they lay out and work with their their their, their child uh, it's to college it's it's like okay well let me know the college, and we'll look and see, you know, because I, I'm, it's, again, I, I think I've used this one of the other podcasts, and one of the dads, again, said to his son, you know, you might be doing well in school, but if you're not doing well in your faith, I didn't raise you to be the smartest man in hell. Mm. And so just that reminder to parents that it's, it's you know, something far greater than the degree uh, will be learned there, uh, either virtue or vice. Mm. And, uh, and again, yeah, they have free will. They can go to the best Catholic college, uh, Christendom or Ave Maria. And I know guys, I've been spiritual director guys at all of those places. And, and they all know people. A lot of people have done chosen well, and a number of people have chosen badly even while there. And so it is It is then, you know, parents praying. I know these these three of four me, I, I know very well. They're families. And uh, they, they come from good, you know, in their cases, by God's grace, you know, parents who really take the faith seriously and, who pray for them, you know, and as I say to parents out there, never doubt the power of your prayers. It may not, uh, it may not seem to do much work in the beginning, um, but I, I knew one mother who used to, used to uh, uh, go into her son's room and just sprinkle holy water every now and then, and even bless salt. And he never, he, and he said years later after his conversion and then entering seminary, he said, he said, uh, I never knew why there's always this salt all over my bed. <laughs> You know, but the mom, he recognized his mom's prayers mm. and had a profound, it didn't seem so for years. Um, I even gave up on him for a while. And, uh, and but, but the Lord, the Lord, I know, I know. See, Come on, Father. <laughs> Short sighted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, gentlemen, thanks, fathers. Thanks. And we're definitely going to have your sister on so she can tell us why you were a much, be- why she was a much better focused person. I want to know too. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I don't know what she did right, but everybody liked her. <laughs> Prayer, Father. All right, as we prepare to enter uh, more more uh, approximately this Christmas season, we uh, gather our prayers and trust to the newborn King. We pray for that humility of Mary, who received our Lord so that she may give birth to him and allow all to receive the author of our salvation. We ask that the light of Christ may always shine with us in our words and in our actions. And may the blessing of Almighty God come down upon you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.